Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Well, this is December and we are right into our December focus, which is God with us. And so we're going to read just two verses that are recorded about the life of Joseph. That's Joseph, the husband of Mary, that guy. Tonight, by the way, I'm speaking on the Joseph space. It really intrigues me, uh, the difference between being Mary and being Joseph. And I've thought a lot about it. I've asked people like Marcus Ardern, a great friend of our church, what happened to Joseph? And nobody's been able to really tell me. Well, I've got some ideas anyhow about why Joseph gets the word Joseph gets and why he gets something different to Mary. That's tonight at uh, five o'clock. But let's read these two verses that are recorded that an angel in a dream gives to Joseph. It says, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. Early this week, you two had a concert at Optus Stadium. 50,000 people apparently went to that concert. Maybe you were one of them, in which case you might say, I went to the U2 concert with my friends or I went to the U2 concert, I was there with 50,000 people. That's a great way to use the word with. I was there in that space, there were others there. Alternatively though, you think about this a minute. What if you were to say, this week I went out for dinner with my wife or my husband or my best friend. That would also be with, but it would be a totally different with to being with 50,000 and nobody would think the two withs mean the same thing. No one would think that you being at a concert with 50,000 has got anywhere near the same kind of uh, complex uh, things as a part of that as going to dinner with a great friend or someone that you've known for years. So when God says in verse 23 that the whole of the coming of Jesus is meant to be contained within this word Emmanuel, which he tells us means God with us. So when God says God with us, is it you two concert with? Is it best friend forever with? Or is it something even more powerful than that? What is God's with you? Mean you go, well, Jeff, really, is it that complicated? No, it's not. But we need to understand it. Otherwise, you'll start treating God like you treat acquaintances that come into your life and then disappear uh, because they get transferred somewhere or other. Or because you have a falling out and the friendship somehow or other just tapers off. What's God's with about? What's His with? I mean, number one, God's with means partnership with us. It means that God is not just connected to me for a moment in time, but there's a partnership aspect. This year we have seen more people come to Christ in extraordinary ways. I mean, I'm talking about people with zero church background, don't know anyone in the church and simply through a supernatural set of circumstances, 
turn up, give their life to Christ. And in every single one of those that I know about, without anybody saying, here's step two, step three, step four, this is what you need to do next. In every single case, they start automatically saying, asking, how do I begin to become a blessing to other people? How do I serve? What have I got to do? How can I be a part of the answer for other people's lives? And they come and ask that without anyone saying, well, now you're a Christian, you ought to. They simply get it. Why? Because God with us means partnership for our life. He supplies what I lack. And He does what I can't. Listen to this, Mark 16, verse 20. says, And they, that's the disciples after the resurrection, went out and preached everywhere. Watch this, the Lord working with them. You can expect that when you have Christ in your life, listen to me, because as long as I've been breathing, we tend to think somehow or other, we still fall into the mistake of religion, which is to divide uh, the clergy from the laity, to somehow or other make a distinction that says, if you've got a reverend in front of your name, a pastor in front of your name, you've been to a uh, Bible seminary or something theological, somehow or other you go into a different class. It's a bit like being on the plane and they tell you, as they always do, I always despise this bit, but anyway, you know where they go and uh, for those of you in the economy class cabin, there are two toilets at the rear of the plane. For those of you that are in a business class only, there is one toilet at the front. And then they pull a little curtain off so that none of the economy class germs can go up to the front. Now I've sat up the front, uh, usually upgraded with points or whatever, and I quite frankly, I love it. And I love the way if they bump me, they say, oh, excuse me. Mr. Woodward, because they know my name up the front. Whereas if they bump me down the back, it's, well, keep your elbows in. I go, oh. I always feel like saying I'm the same bloke that you called Mr. Woodward the last flight. But enough of that, I'll move on from that. Can I say to you, God doesn't have two cabins. God does not have a front cabin called pastor and a back cabin called the great unwashed. The cattle class, some people call it. He doesn't have that. He doesn't stamp your Christian boarding pass with economy, low fare, budget, sit on a pine box. You should be glad we even gave you a sandwich that we got from last week on the last flight. He doesn't have that. He only has this thing of when you come to Christ, God with us means He's going to partner with me. I love what Rhonda said there when she was speaking at the offering, where she was saying, all of us, no matter who we are, we get to be a part of, it's a priestly ministry to give, but it's a priestly ministry to be a Christian. It's a priestly ministry. You are a Christian no matter what title you wear, no matter what you've got. Represent Jesus, because quite frankly, you and I are the only Jesus most people are ever going to get to see. Amen. Most people aren't going to leaf through the Bible. They're going to look at you. And so understand and believe this, that God's with us means partnership for your life. 
It means you, whether you think you know enough of the Bible and the intricacies of the whole lot and all this stuff, whether you know any of that or you're just freshly born again, you're freshly following God. You say, Jeff, I'm not anybody special. Oh, yes, you are. You are the child of the Most High God. You are the one who represents Jesus in your workplace, at your university, at your school. Because you represent Christ, He's going to partner with you. So expect God's partnership to be a part of His with for your life. The Lord working with them and confirming the Word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Here's the second thing. God's with us means constancy. Constancy is a kind of a bit of an old-fashioned word, but it means something that there's not a lot of in the world in which we live. We live in a world of perpetual change. You ever watch any movies and you can date them by this stuff? Isn't that right? You get on there and someone picks up a phone with a cord on it. Who has a phone with a cord on it? Nobody's got a phone with a cord on it. Huh? Yeah, it's like the technology, the stuff that James Bond and all their creators thought was so, you know, futuristic. Now we go, I remember, well, none of you remember Dick Tracy. None of you are old enough. But remember Dick Tracy had a watch you could talk into? I bought my wife a watch for her birthday last year that takes a photo. You put your, you put your, I don't know why, but you put your phone there and just go click. Oh, she said because she's got short arms. Uh, she said that, not me. And you can just go bang and it takes your photo. Huh? One, one day here in church, we could hear someone's phone playing music and we're all looking around going, what is that? We're like, hello, who doesn't, is not aware? Look, make it, silence your phone, hello. So Rhonda's there looking around going, who is that? I need to realise she'd pressed a button on her phone that plays music on her phone. Oh, no, a, a button on her watch. Accidentally pressed the button and so it was her phone and her handbag. <laughs> There's not a lot stays the same very long. And yet God says that He's constant. His with us means this. It means no matter what, no matter how it changes, I'm still the same. And that doesn't mean old fashioned. It means He doesn't change. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. That's God saying, you know what? It doesn't matter what happens. I'm still going to be there. I love that. I love the fact that He's not with me until. He's not with me until I screw up until I make a mistake or until I disappoint. Come on, you've got to get this because I meet Christians all the time that have been saved for donkey's years and they still feel like, oh no, I've got to repent before I ask God because, oh God, I didn't do this, oh God. Can I say to you, decide once and for all I'm God's child. Amen. I've been Roy and Ruby Woodward's son for, well, just decades really. And uh, you know what? I was always their son. There were some days I was good and there were some days I was very ungood. <laughs> but my mum and dad were still my mum and dad. 
They mightn't have approved of everything I did. That's an understatement. Uh, but still and all, there's a constancy. Well, God the Father is better than any dad you've ever heard of or you've ever known. And you can make a mistake or disappoint. He still says, hello, I'm with you always. Huh? If the going gets tough, he doesn't go, hello, never knew this was coming. Sorry. Psalm 23 verse 4, I love because it's the worst moment of someone's life. They've had a good life and now it's gone absolutely haywire. It's the worst moment of the worst season of the worst part of their entire life. And they don't know that verse 5 is coming. They're just in verse 4 and verse 4 says this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death itself, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. On the worst day, come on, on the worst day, at the worst moment, in a crowd this size and people that are watching and listening, there'll be some of you here that you just got your new job, you just got that promotion, you just met Mr. or Miss Wright. You know, I feel like telling the joke there about, you know, when I met Miss Wright, I didn't realise that her first name was always. but I won't tell you that one. And there'd be others of you here in this place that you'll just feel like all the hell has opened up and started bombarding you. But you know what? He's with you no matter what. He's constant. Come on. You've got to know this. Download the podcast of last Sunday night because I got so much feedback from people saying how much it helped them because we drew two columns of good and bad. And I said, you're going to fill up both columns in your life. But God wants to use both columns to become a blessing and to grow you. His with us is a permanent connection. Here's number three. God's with us means mercy and compassion. Rhonda and I were at the Walter Hoving Home for Girls in upstate New York. Walter Hoving was the jeweller behind, uh, was it Tiffany's or one of those high-end jewellers up in the top end of New York. And when he died, he left his entire estate to help young women that were going through recovery from drug addiction and prostitution and all manner of stuff. And we visited there now that it was a home for these girls. And I remember they had a choir. And the choir was about 55 young women, all of whom previously you would have found in some part of the streets trying to just, I don't know, stay alive, find something. And now they'd all found Christ. And I remember them singing this song out of Hebrews. We have not an high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities or our weakness, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And I could still, if I could draw, I'd draw you the picture. I remember the building. I remember these girls singing. And I remember what an impact it made on me. I remember that there is a God who has got mercy. Come on. I thank God that He's with us. He's not with you if you perform. It's not with you if you measure up. It's not with us if we are a good Christian. It's with us with mercy and compassion. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says it exactly like that. We don't have, well, I just quoted it to you. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. This is written to Christians. 
Come on. Sometimes Christians need to go to the throne of God to get mercy. Are you with me here? Because I never want to lead a church that is, you know, only the people that have made it are there. I want to lead a church and be part of a church that's got mercy because trust me, the world's got none. I want to be a part of a church that says, if you're broken, we love you to come. I spoke to a lady on the doorstep of the church. Rhonda was with me this week. She's weeping. I don't know if she's here this morning. If you are, God bless you. It was a, a special moment for us. But someone saying, I, because of her background and her condition, she says, I don't feel like anyone understands me. She, she started off by saying, you haven't thrown me out yet. I said, my dear, you're welcome here. You're welcome here. Because God's with us means mercy and compassion for our life. My weakness will never destroy His with us. Rather, it draws God. Here's number four, fourth one. God's with us means His closeness. You are more than a servant. You're more than a volunteer. You're more than some divine agent. When God made man in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and 3, it says this at the verse 8 of chapter 3, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Why was God walking in the garden? Because that's where He put Adam and Eve. And the only reason He had, He'd already finished creation. There was nothing more to build. There was nothing more to make. The only reason He came to the garden was because He wanted to hang out with these people that He'd made in His own image so He could have fellowship. We've got a dog. It's a good dog, mostly. Apart from, you know, all the gardens covered with wire and barbed wire and, you know, I've got everything but sentries and spotlights, but, you know, it's a good dog. But I don't fellowship with the dog. Hello, Lola. Tail wags till you reckon bound to fall off. What do you think about life? You know, it doesn't matter if I say to Lola, you know, I'm having a tough day, she just wags her tail. She, she doesn't say anything. She doesn't go, oh. Now, Rhonda will argue with Rhonda, say, no, she can sense it. I go, no, Rhonda. She thinks you've got food. <laughs> You're not part of the animal kingdom to God, no matter what anybody tells you out there. You can believe you came from monkeys all you like. I believe I came from God and I'm meant to fellowship with Him. I believe it. James chapter 2, verse 23 tells us that Abraham believed God, accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. I am a friend of God is a song we have sung. But it's so true. I, I perish the thought that any of us here would ever just view Christianity is now I serve God. Now I honour God. Now I obey God. Now I give to God. Now I do this for God. Because the greatest thing God has for any of us is closeness and friendship. 1 John 1 verse 3, the Amplified puts it this way. What we have seen in ourselves heard, we are also telling you, so that you too may realise and enjoy fellowship as partners and partakers with us and this fellowship that we have, which is a distinguishing mark of Christians, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Amen. The best advice I ever got, ever, when I first gave my life to Jesus was this. My pastor said this. He said, make Jesus your best friend. 
Best advice I ever got. Well, I know what best friends are. And so I decided that's the way I was going to pray. So instead of going, have I got the formula right? I'd go, hey, Jesus, what do you reckon? Hey, Jesus, I remember losing something once and I said, hey, Jesus, where is it? And when he didn't say anything, I said, you're my friend. And if you'd lost your thing, I'd tell you where it was. <laughs> I literally did. I said, I'd tell you where it was. So where is it? And I kind of felt like I should go and look over. There's a lens out of sunglasses. Go and look over near the fence. Some of you are going to think this is stupid or super spur. Well, I don't really care because it actually happened. And so I, I thought, well, that's dumb because that's way over there. But I kept saying, Jesus, you know, I'd tell you. Why don't you tell me? And I thought, I should go and look. Well, I thought eventually, I thought, well, what have I got to lose? Walking down with one sunglass lens, nothing else. And there it was, right down the bottom of the fence. How it got there, I have no idea. Seriously, you will do a lot worse in life than if you decide, come on, the Christianity is not grinded out. God, I'll be true, Lord, to Thee. I'll be true, Lord, to Thee. And no matter the cost, I will come by loss. I'll be true, my Lord, to Thee. You know, like, somehow or other, like, serving Jesus is the greatest pain. You know, why some people worship, you think there's something evil going on in their digestive system. God's with us means God. I'm not being flippant here. And I'm not being flippant with Jesus either. Jesus said to his disciples, Hitherto I have, John 15, Hitherto have I called you servants, now I call you friends. So from that moment on, Jesus said, I'm going to treat you like a friend treats a friend. And so many Christians never get that far. Thank God you're saved, you'll go to heaven. But when we go to heaven, I don't want to be there going, Who's that guy up the front? Right, number five, finished. Here's the fifth thing God's with us mean. It means partnership and constancy and mercy and compassion and closeness. Fifth one here is God's with us includes His resources. All of them. Every part of it. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He, he, he who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things. In other words, if God loved you enough to give Christ for you, if God loved you enough to send Jesus, what do you think is too much to ask? Amen. I've been challenged all this year and enlarge. Really have. I've often thought, God, my prayer life's too small. I'm too tentative. I don't want to ask in case it doesn't happen for some things. I know that might sound a bit bizarre to you. I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. I'm as human as anyone else. And I feel the Holy Spirit saying to me regularly, ask me for some great things. Ask me for something great. Don't let whatever's happened or what experience you had or the things that never worked or the prayer you don't think God answered the right way, don't let that stop you being bold in your asking of the next thing. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? 
I want to finish, team, please come. I want to finish with something that I think shows the depths of this better than any other thing I could say. It's John 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus, if you read the context. It says, And the Word was with God. So Jesus had a with that was astounding, incomprehensible to us. We've tried to explain the oneness of God so often and our words are manifestly inadequate. We've tried to say, what, is, what was it? What did it mean? But it says that Jesus was with God. Philippians says he didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. He was in the beginning with God, it goes on in verse 2. All things were made through Him. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. So Jesus had a with that was heaven. Jesus had a with that was unfettered communion, connection, communication with God the Father. They thought as one, they acted as one. They responded as one. The same heart, the same mind, the same spirit. And so all this is happening and Jesus has got a with that He goes, you know what? We love the with that we have. But I don't want it to be just about us. So verse 12 of the same chapter says, But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It just means it wasn't anything they did. It wasn't who their mum and dad were or turning over a new leaf kind of a deal. Verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And Jesus gives up His with so that you and I can have a with with God. He says, I want you to be a part of this. I want you to know what I have had. I want you to know it. Every human is made for that kind of with. That's why when we get to this part of the service and we start talking about receiving Jesus, people that have never given God a moment's thought in their life, not because they're bad, they've just never been in a place like this to think about it. All of a sudden, they start going, wow. And they begin to realise, I'm born for this. This is me. This is not just someone else. This is me. I'm, I'm born to have that kind of with. That's why Jesus came. That's why Emmanuel, God with us, is not for Christmas. It's for the whole of humanity, for the whole of time. God with us. He says, I want to bring all my with and be with you. It's incredible. We're going to pray in a minute. I'll do what I do all the time here, which is ask people just to bow their heads with me a minute. And if you here today say, Jeff, I don't have that kind of with with God. I don't know Jesus like that. But something in me knows that 
I, I want it. I need it. I should have it. It's me. Then I'm going to pray with you right where you sit. However you wish to respond, be my joy to pray with you. Let's bow our heads a moment. So just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, if you're here this morning and say, Pastor, Jeff, pray for me. Jeff, I don't know Jesus. I don't have that. I wish I did. I'd like to be with God, but I'm not. Maybe somewhere along the way you made a commitment to Jesus and then stuff got in the road and you lost your way. Why don't you come back to him today? I want you to say, I'm going to be with God again. If that's you, I'd love to pray with you right where you are. Love to believe that Jesus will bring His with into your life. If that's you, you'd like me to pray with you. Just slip your hand up, put it back down again wherever you are. I'm going to pray with you this morning, wherever you are. It doesn't matter about your church background, but I'm asking, have you been through this and got confirmed and stuff? And we're just saying right now, right where you are, you say, Jeff, I don't have that kind of with. I'm not with God like that and I want to be. If that's you, just lift your hand and put it back down again. I'll see it wherever you are. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to help you this morning. Thank you back there. Yep, I'll see you. Anybody else? Just wherever you are, say, that's me. I'm not asking you to sign the dotted line. I'm asking you to say to Jesus, I want to be with you. Thank you back there. Yep, i see you. Yep, beautiful. Anyone else? Just wherever you are. I'm just going to take another 30 seconds. Thank you. Just going to take another 30 seconds because I don't want to hurry this minute. I think it's important for everyone. Is there anyone else? Then we're going to pray together and people that are listening to this via podcast or watching this on our YouTube channel, you can pray this as well. It's the beginning, but it's important. I'd never minimise it. Listen, God is not waiting for you to prove yourself. He wants to prove Himself to you. So would you say this prayer to Jesus after me? It's a simple prayer asking Him into your life. Just say this after me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me because I matter to you. I want your forgiveness. I want to be with you. And I want you with me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You don't need to pray this. Father, I'm praying for those people that raised their hand this morning and the others, Lord, that during the week will respond somehow or other. Thank you for them all. I believe, Lord, that you're going to do extraordinary things in their life. Having you with us makes all the difference in the world. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can look this way. Let's give those people and the ones via podcast a huge hand. Listen, because some of you wouldn't know this stuff and I wouldn't either except that Pastor Bruce comes and tells me. You know, like Wednesday morning, 2.30 a.m., 2.30 in the middle of the night, we get another yes text. Yes text. Up here, the slide for that. If you would, 488 392 it'd be there in about. I'm still amazed how many people are encountering Christ through 0488826392. And when they do that, the next morning at 7 a.m. our time, they get from our church, by the way, not from some multinational software company, but from us personally, they get a scripture and a prayer fits on one screen of the smartphone and that gets them started and they get that every day, something different every day for 30 days. So 
That's why I'm including people when I speak at this moment. I'm including the people that are watching on the YouTube channel, the people that are on the podcast. I'm including the people that during the week at 2.30 in the morning are going to somehow or other at 2.30 in the morning say, I remember that church. I remember that message. I think I need Jesus. What was that number again? And they pull out the bit of paper they collected there or the photo they took of the screen, hold it up there. Yeah. And I've seen people take photos of that in the service. And then they, they text that at some hour of the day or night and say, I need Jesus now. Thank God for that. I think it's a beautiful thing. You can also register at yes.metrochurch.org.au. Pick the one you want either on your, your email. It'll come to you on the web or else it'll come via the text to your phone. But we think it's great. If you raised your hand, by the way, connect to the Connect Hub. They've got a free Bible for you. We want you to take the Word of God. If you want to put it on your phone, they'll tell you how to get it for free on your phone. Uh, and you can take the Bible and begin learning what it is to follow Christ. It's a great, beautiful and amazing thing. Amen. 